I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to a bonus episode of the Bucketheads podcast. My name is Connor Lamonds. I'm coming at you live from the Canes drive-thru. I'm getting some chicken fingers after Ohio State's 82-67 victory over Maryland at the Schottenstein Center. Ohio State is now 10-0 at home this year. Um, I'm going to have to research that and see the last time that Ohio State went undefeated at home for a full season, if they ever have, because it's starting to become a real possibility. Today's game was one they really didn't, they, they had to have it today. Uh, Illinois and Purdue play again this week. Michigan State and Wisconsin play this week. Um, Both of those games are on Tuesday, so playing Maryland today, Buckeyes needed to get this win to continue to climb up and try to get into that top four and ideally into the top one by the end of the season. EJ Liddell was great. He had 24 points and 11 rebounds today for a double-double. Justin Arns had a great game, a triumphant return, many people are saying, with 14 points on four of seven shooting. Um, He hit four three-pointers, so he finally broke out of that slump. It's his most points he scored since the Towson game. After the game, we talked to Maryland interim head coach Danny Manning. We talked to Justin Arns, Zed Key, and then Chris Holtman about today's game. So if you like this kind of stuff, if you like the press conferences we put out with our podcasts, follow along on Twitter at BucketheadsLGHL as well as the main account LandGrant33. I need to pull through the drive-thru and get some lunch, so I'm going to stop blabbing and give you guys what you're actually here for. So without further ado, here is our press conference with Chris Holtman, Zed Key, Justin Arns, and Danny Manning. You know, today is a game where 
Ohio State comes out and they, they get very comfortable offensively. They shot too high of a percentage in the first half, but you know, they're a very talented basketball team, not taking anything away from them. And they played really well at home. So we knew that going into the ball game. So we have to be a lot more disruptive to their offensive flow. And then offensively, we have to reward ourselves for the execution. And we had opportunity to score the basketball. We missed some looks from the perimeter. We missed some looks inside the paint. And we have to be able to cash those in. But the biggest thing is when you go on the road or any time in general, you can't let a team um, shoot 60% and a half because that's uh, that'll put you in a pretty big hole, which it did for us this evening. Questions, please. Zedke got them going early. He hadn't done much against Purdue. What were you concerned about with him, and what, how did you see his early scoring game? I thought he did a really good job of getting deep post positioning and being able to score. You know, we have to be uh, a little bit more, um, have more resistance, if you will, and allowing guys to come and get to a spot. But he got to a spot, and they did a good job of delivering the basketball and scoring it. And, um, you know, EJ, the same thing. You know, I think it half between the two of them, they missed one shot. So, you know, we, we have to do a much better job of putting up resistance and not letting them get to the spots that they got to early on in the game. Uh, just, Justin Arns have been on a bit of a slump, you know, coming in here, uh, but obviously his shooting was huge today. How did his, you know, three-point uh, marksmanship uh, kind of impact your, you know, defense, the defense and everything like that? No disrespect, but he's a great shooter. We knew that going into the game. You're not going to make every shot that you take, but we didn't guard him any differently. We knew he was a great shooter going in, and, and he got away from us and knocked down four, I believe, today. Eric, should I think about half of his season average? What were they doing to make it challenging for him tonight? Um, disrupted his rhythm, contested his shot. Had a lot of different guys on him using their length and athletic ability. And uh, just, a, just a rough shooting night from the perimeter for Eric. Coach, Ohio State has had a number of starts and stops. I'm curious from the opponent perspective, does that make it any more difficult to prepare for a team when they haven't played maybe as many games as some of your other opponents and haven't played as recently? Yes and no. <laughs> you know, like going into this ball game, and, and the same thing for Ohio State coming in and playing us. We, we've been on an extended break, if you will, in terms of how the games usually go in the Big Ten. So the one thing that you're, you're worried about is teams installing new plays that you haven't seen. Right? Every play that they've run, every play that we've run, both teams have seen it. And you can put together a scouting report on it to a certain extent. But when you come in and you see something different after, you know, some days off, that's that's probably the biggest thing that you're worried about in terms of the wrinkles that the coaches are able to add. Last one in person, then we'll go to our Zoom. With that being said, how different did Ohio State look? Did they throw some things at you that you were not expecting? No, because you know personnel, right? And so, you know, it's... We can talk about what type of plays they're going to run, but knowing personnel is extremely important. And, you know, we had their players' ID, and we just have to do a better job of being resistant and disruptive to their offensive flow, if you will. Go ahead, Ben. We'll go to Ryan McFadden, Baltimore Sun. Uh, hey, Coach. Uh, my first, I just have two questions. My first question is, uh, we saw Eric Ayala like, like kind of limping. 
as he was going towards best towards like the final minutes of the game. I was going to ask me kind of locking. How how was he doing? How was he doing? And how was he looking after the game was over? I don't know. Um, we came in the locker room. We sat down as a team. Staff came in. We addressed the team, and um, you know I'll get my report from from our trainer when I get on the bus or when I get on the plane, and, and we'll go from there. So I know he got banged up a little bit. That's one of the reasons I subbed him out, but I couldn't tell you what or, or how it happened. And my second question, I just want to get your thoughts on Dante Scott's performance today. Um, with a career, like a career high of 25 points. I just want, when he's playing like that inside and out, what is, what is your thoughts on his ceiling when he's playing that way? Well, Dante gave us great energy, and uh, we needed that type of energy level from a lot of different other guys out on our team. But when Dante's playing like that, it, it opens up a lot of different things for our team. You know, he's able to score the ball from the perimeter. I think he had five threes today, suited it very well, got in the in-between game. I thought he would provided a lot of energy also on the, on the glass, rebound the basketball. And when he plays like that, it just opens up a lot of other opportunities for guys on the team. We'll go to Lauren Rosh from Testudo Times. Hi, Coach. Just to follow up about Dante, he talks a lot about fight and wanting to teach the other players kind of the importance of fighting. When he's playing like that and fighting throughout the entire game, how does that the kind of more of the intangibles rub off on the team, and how are you seeing that, if at all? Well, that's what you would like to see. You know, it, it, it's one thing to, to talk it. It's another thing to walk it, right? And, and Dante played with a high level of energy today and had a, a good amount of fight for our team. You know, enough fight to give us some life and some energy with what he was doing. We just weren't able to feed off of that enough. And we need more guys with that same type of mindset. All right, thanks, Coach. man um, obviously when you're not making shots um, it's my job um, there's no excuses um, nobody wants to hit those shots more than I do um, so just to have my teammates uh, believing in me throughout you know throughout that stretch when I wasn't you know I really couldn't get anything to fall and you know my family um, that helped me a lot um, just to stay with it and you know I've been this way since my freshman year I've been you know an everyday guy so I just continued to take it one day at a time and I think that was really what helped me you know come out here and do what I did today what was the hardest Point, and then what did it feel like to have it you know, break through today? Yeah, the hardest point is just like, because you know, the coaches even told me, like, obviously I'm a shooter. Um, so when I feel like, you know, when I'm not making shots, I feel like I'm almost useless out there. But, you know, they told me I'm one, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one guy that coaches, he said that he's coached that, you know, I can be out on the court and not hit shots and still have a positive impact on the game. Um, just with a bunch of different things, my communication, um, rebounding, talking on defense, you know, just a lot of little things that some, you know, some guys don't bring to the floor. Um, so, you know, just staying with it, like I said, each and every day um, was, you know, the main thing for me to get through through that stretch. Did any of your uh, teammates in particular, you know, uh, give you any encouraging words that you kind of, you know, maybe leaned on uh, during the stretch? Uh, I wouldn't say there was one particular one, but, you know, like EJ, Malachi, um, Jamari, you know they, know, they know how good of a shooter I am. Obviously, I do too, but when you're not hitting shots, it kind of makes you double-think yourself. <laughs> 
because um, I really never had a stretch like that in all four years here. I was thinking back, you know, where I really was struggling just to get a, the ball to go through the hole. Um, so, you know, every day that, you know, in practice, even in games, you know, they're telling me, keep shooting. You know, you're one of the best shooters in the country. Um, just keep letting it fly. You know, trust your work. Um, that's what I did. What did it do for your confidence just to see the, the first one go down today? Oh, a lot. It always feels good to see the first one go down uh, as a shooter. Um, regardless, though, if I miss my first one, I'm still going to shoot the second, shoot the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. With it, I think you hit like your first three. Uh, did you start feeling it a little bit after that, getting into a little bit of a groove? Uh, yeah, you can say that. Um, <clears throat> you know, once you hit one or two and you see it go through the hoop, that's you know that's almost any basketball player. You know, just once you see it go through the hoop, you almost feel like you get in a rhythm. Um, so yeah, you know, to hit my first three, it felt felt really good. Because it felt like you just let it fly after that, regardless of whether it went in, you airballed one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All over the place, but just like you would hit some, and so now you. Yeah, especially once I hit, you know, one or two, uh, my immediate first thought is catch and shoot. Um, if the defender is not on me, you know, obviously not sticking to me. Um, if it's a clean look, I think I got fouled on one of them. But, you know, I thought I was going to get a cleaner look than I did. Um, but, yeah, when you hit two or three in a row, you definitely get a rhythm, start to feel yourself. Um, first thing for me is to think catch and shoot when I get it after I hit two or three. So when you miss two or three in a row, does it go the opposite way with the confidence? That you get to really uh, it can. It can. But I've learned the past, you know, few weeks to – just brush it off, you know. There's a, excuse me, you know. There's a lot more game to be played. The game's fast. You know, you can't just sit back and dwell on every mistake you make. If you do that, you're just gonna keep making more mistakes. Um, so, you know, one thing I really learned was just to keep it pushing, um, keep doing you, keep playing hard, um, impacting the game any way you can. Chris Holman uh, was t telling us during the stretch that you, I mean, practices really haven't changed for you. Like, I mean, they were threes were sinking in practice and things like that. I mean, has your has your approach has your approach changed at all during the practice? Like these past few weeks, practice wise, or like what has that been like? Knowing that you know they're sinking in practice, but really just hasn't been able to translate on the court. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's frustrating because yeah, it feels like you know the whole fan base is against you when you, when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but, you know, like I said, for me, it was just in, just one day at a time, um, just being an everyday guy, you know, like I've been all four years here. So um, I wouldn't say my approach changed, no, to answer your question. Um, I was just, you know, doing me, doing what I do, getting here, getting shots early, you know, before practice, um, making sure everybody's competing as hard as we can in practice um, so we can keep getting uh, better each and every day. And did your I – you were talking about kind of the approach like in, in different areas of the game. I mean, did you find yourself focusing more on, say, defense or playmaking or things like that over this stretch to see um, as, you know, coaches continue to, like, uh, preach, uh, preach you, yeah, you make an impact other than just shooting the three? Yeah, Coach B told me just to really, you know, focus on three uh, areas of the game. That's, you know, my toughness, my defense, and my rebounding. Um, so... You know, those are three areas that I tried to really key on, key in on these past two day, past two days. Um, that was one kind of one note he told me. Um, he said everything else is going to fall in place if you, as long as you focus on those three things and play hard. Um, and it did. So, do you do anything else to kind of get out of your head <clears throat> outside of basketball? Maybe to just I don't know, not think about <laughs> missing shots during a stretch. Uh, yeah, I play video games some, uh, with my with my with my teammates sometimes. So that's one way just to relax. You know, get my mind off basketball. Um, have you know have some fun? Um, you know I believe in God, so I you know I talk to God a lot. Um, um, but you know I, to be honest, you know I didn't really change anything the past two weeks because um, like I said, I haven't really had a stretch like that in all four years here, where I just couldn't get a shot to fall. So um, I knew it really wasn't you know anything that I was doing. Like I I was working you know just as hard as I always have, um, practicing just as hard as I always have. 
Um, so, you know, just to be able to trust that and fall back on that was big for me. Zed, you weren't in here when we asked, but what did it feel like for the rest of you guys to see Justin start to hit him? I know the bench went pretty crazy when the first one went down. What, what was your guys' reaction? Um, I loved it. You know, uh, he's been going through a little shooting slump, but, you know, just keep shooting. I'll be telling him, just keep shooting, because eventually you're going to have to get out of it. It's not going to last forever. So, I mean, when that first one went down, I was like, oh, yeah, he's back. So, you know, it was a good night for him, and I'm just going to keep shooting. Any more for Justin? Let's get one more for him. Yeah, one more for him. Justin, you've, you've been around here a while, so you, you sort of understand the ebbs and flows of a college basketball season. I'm just curious, you know, at, at this point in the year, you guys have played so infrequently. How, how does it feel different in terms of maybe what you, what you feel like you know about this team at this point in the season compared to maybe what you normally would if you had been able to play it over a long time at Cadence? Yeah, one thing I know for sure about this team is, you know, we're battle tested. Because obviously, as you guys know, we've been in a lot of games that came down to the last shot, um, a lot of games. Um, just, you know, just <clears throat> whether we win or lost, just to be in those moments, you know, I feel like that's going to help us a lot in the long run. Because, um, you know, as you guys know, some nights, you know, we're going to have an off night and we're not going to be hitting shots. Um, and the other you know, the other team's going to be hitting. So, you know, just to be in those moments and experience, you know, what it's like uh, at the end of the game to be fighting, you know, for the game, you know, the final final answer. Um, you know, just to be, you know, just to have been through that, I think that's going to help us a lot. And okay, both of you guys went up respectful on this. I'm just curious what you think about how EJ has grown kind of as, as a playmaker. He had five assists and no turnovers. He seems to find you set quite a bit on those high-low actions, and I know he can find shooters as well. Justin, just what have you seen from him in terms of improvement in his passing and kind of seen before? Yeah, you know, obviously I've been with EJ all three years that he's been here, so just to see him grow as a player has been amazing to watch. You know, you see it every day. He's an everyday guy, you know, like I said. Um, and Coach tells him, you know, you got to go be the best, best player in practice each and every day. Um, and I feel like this past couple of weeks, he's really been doing that, you know, in every aspect of the game, whether he's blocking shots, you know, finding open teammates when the double comes or hitting tough shots. Um, so just to see him grow and expand his game and, you know, excel in so many different aspects of the game is really, honestly, amazing to watch to me. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Justin. Get some breach in, we'll go down and get coach. Or, uh, for that is definitely key right now. That's it with EJ. Come on, man. Player of the year. Tell me. Maybe start shooting jumpers now. Tell me. Tell me, EJ. I know the, the Purdue game didn't go the way you wanted it. Coach Holtman was pretty public about challenging you for more. Mm -hmm. uh, to score six straight to start this game the way that you did and establish yourself in the paint. How, how much did you need that and, and how much did you feel that impact the game? Well, after the, uh, the Purdue game, I was talking to the coach staff, and they just they just said I need to be more consistent with the play. Um, you know, they expect a lot of me uh, uh, every day in practice and in the game. So that's what they really said: just be more consistent. Um, so I've been with uh, Coach Pedo every day, running more, uh, shooting a lot more, just trying to just trying to just stay consistent. What, what does that look like? How do you work on, on something like that? Uh, this is a point of um, time of the season where you know it's a lot of uh, a lot of games and short stretches and so I just got to keep the wind up because last year around this time my wind has gone significantly down and it affected my play so just trying to just not have that happen again since last year I'm just trying to keep my conditioning up so because I worked so hard for it and I'm not trying to lose again so I'm just trying to keep that what did you feel like went wrong uh, for you against Purdue, maybe, and how much did it have to do with you know the tough defensive assignment of you know guarding a guy that was seven four and whatnot? Well, 
This ain't no excuse, but I, I picked up two quick fouls against Purdue, and I just really couldn't get in no flow in the game after that. You know, come back in foul, go sit back down, come back in and foul. But like, it's tough. But you know, that's not an excuse. I still gotta come in and just be like, as Justin said, like every day, everyday guy. So you know, just as going back talking to the coaching staff, they they said that I just I need to be better. So took that to heart and I'm just trying to be better every day. When it comes to, I mean, when, whenever you ask players what the Big Ten is like, it's physical. It's mm-hmm. down low, kind of gritty. And I'm curious about, I mean, obviously you saw that, and that led to a little bit of inconsistency like you were talking about against Purdue. But, I mean, today to kind of set the tone, kind of set the presence of physicality inside the paint, especially on those first three makes inside, how how much confidence does that bring, not only for you, but just for the offense to kind of establish that paint presence to allow kind of be the rest of the offense to work around? Well, uh, confidence for me, when I, when I see that first basket go through, I'm like, okay, like, come on, you were, like, get it going. Like, like you know, you're, you're good. So that'll be out there, like, a little nervous. Every game, I'm nervous before the game. So the first basket, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're good. So, you know, just coming in and playing physical, like, it, it sends a team a message when you're, when you're the more physical team and you guys just come out there and punch them in the mouth, basically. Um, yeah, it definitely, definitely does send a message, and they, it um, helped us win tonight because they were like, – Maryland's a really good team, but, you know, we, we got them from the jump. Was there a message, especially – you guys didn't have an offensive rebound, I don't think, until the second half. And I'm curious, what was that talked about in the locker room yeah. at that time? Or yeah, the – uh, Coach Holman said we have to get more offensive rebounds. That we got to crash the glass a lot harder than what we were doing, and the team took that to heart. And we uh, came out in the second half, rebound a lot more, and you know it helped us get second chance points, easy layups around the rim, and threes, and kick out to Justin and the other shooters. So, you know, we, offensive rebound is big for us. Said, so what do you think was the biggest difference today? Like you said, you you build a uh, double-digit lead, and it pretty much stayed there. What, what was the difference? What are they able for you guys to kind of keep them at arm's length throughout? I think it was just our energy and uh, just the will and uh, want to win. Um, you know, as I said, we came out the jump, ready to go. Um, people hitting big shots. Justin came in, started hitting threes, and you know, the crowd got behind us and you know, feeding off the crowd. You know, just just kept it, just kept it going. So, you know, it was a good win. Last one for Zed here. Does some of that come from? You're supposed to play Thursday. Don't play Thursday. So maybe you got some some maybe kind of, um, pent up feelings or pent up uh, aggression. Does some does some of what we saw today come from come from some of that? Yeah, most definitely. Like, we want to play Iowa, but due to the weather and some unforeseen circumstances, um, couldn't. And you know it's tough. You know, getting ready to play game day, game canceled or postponed. So it's definitely tough. But you know, the guys are always ready to play, and we really want to play. So you know, definitely have some build up energy ready to go. Thank you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, uh, good uh, good win for us against a Maryland team that's you know really played well. When we go there, uh, I think obviously we're gonna need to expect um, a lot of what we saw in stretches here today. Uh, obviously, every team's different uh, at home, and I uh, got a lot of respect for uh, the quality and the talent on their team and the job uh, Danny and his staff is doing. We had great respect for them. We know they're team that can go on a run in a hurry and I think that's why to some degree us as coaches were a little bit a uh, little bit on edge there because we know they can make threes in bunches um, but good production from a variety of guys thrilled for Justin um, because I know he's really been putting in his work so um, really happy for Justin uh, he gave us a great lift and uh, he's a pro's pro so I expected that he would snap out of this um, and he's just got to keep working so Chris, two ways to, to uh, measure a team is how you play against really good teams. You've done that really well for Duke, Duke. And then the way you play against you know less talented teams that you don't come down to their level. Are you pretty satisfied with so far this season, how that's gone? Score-wise, it looks like you've done pretty well. You know, I think this was, and in, in I, I do think um, the, the thing as a coach you're trying to measure is um, your team's effort and concentration, um, you know, for as long as you play. And I think uh, good teams have the necessary attention to detail and concentration and effort for long stretches. And uh, that has been at times uh, inconsistent for us, as it is, has been for a lot of teams. You know, this Maryland team is, I mean, they almost beat Michigan State the other day. They're, this, you know, in this league, they're, I mean, this is a talented group. So I think, uh, to your point, though, what we're trying to measure is, is almost we understand that teams are at varying levels uh, um, or maybe having different levels of season, but our uh, attention to detail, our concentration, and our effort has to be consistent. And I think that's where we can be better, more and more consistent, and that's where we have to continue to challenge our group. Coming out second half, didn't go well against Purdue. Yeah. Like, different story. We told them that. <laughs> yeah. Did we, did yeah, at halftime. Yeah, we did. We, we reminded them of our first four minutes at Purdue. And um, the offensive rebounding, you might have reminded them, too. We did. Okay. Yeah. We, we didn't have any offensive rebounds, which was disappointing. They had seven defensive rebounds. I didn't think we were – those were – might have a future in coaching. Those were the two points we really hit on in, in uh, halftime is um, we needed better, just I think better force to the ball and um, what kind of urgency were we going to come out of the halftime with. And uh, we talked uh, you know, earlier in the week about how you wanted Zed to respond from that Purdue game. Um, just you know, how well did he uh, you know, eat that, um, you know, what you wanted to, to get out of him tonight? 
Yeah, Zed, Zed, I thought, had some really good moments. Zed has to be consistent. That's the sign of growth of a, of a player. He's had really, really good moments this year. I mean, we can rattle off how many. I mean, he's had some tremendous games. What we're looking for with him is consistency on the defensive end, the offensive end, but most importantly, his effort. That's what we're looking for. And uh, uh, I think that's the challenge for a young guy. He's got to continue to grow in that area. Um, so it's good that, you know, uh, I expect, because he's a phenomenal kid, I expected him to, to, to play better. Uh, but now he's got to see, okay, come, come Wednesday, really come tomorrow at practice, what is his preparation going to be leading into Rutgers? I know you said you were thrilled to see, you know, Justin have a big game today. Um, what was kind of your reaction when you saw that first one go down? Were you kind of like, you know, a sigh of relief and thinking, okay, like, you know, maybe he can get, get it going here? Yeah, I was just really happy for him because I know how much work he's put in. And he's a phenomenal kid. He's a pro's pro. He's, 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 he's just an incredible kid. He's an incredible teammate. And, you know, I told the team, think about this. He played however many minutes against Purdue. Was it 9, 10, 11? Not much. I don't think he scored. And yet somehow you would never have noticed any difference in Justin Arns the next time we came to practice. He was the loudest, uh, the most energized, the best talker in practice. Um, and that is a mature kid. When I talk about pros pro, that's exactly what it looks like. Most kids, when they have a bad game, and if you lose, they come in and, and they don't have the same spirit that Justin had. His spirit is not waned through the stretch. He's been disappointed, but uh, his work is not waned. And, and I think uh, he's just got to, you know, I'm not saying he's going to go and make 4-7 every night, but he's got to just continue to, to be Justin. And if he does that, I'm confident. When, when he talked to us, he said that when he knows that he's a shooter and when he's not making shots, he can feel like the fan base almost feeling disappointed. He, can, he talked about some of that outside external pressure. How as a coach do you try to help someone through that when you've expressed all the confidence that you can in him and you know that there's a body of work that says he's a good shooter? How have you tried to, I, I assume that's probably a tough balance of too much and too yeah. light, like that's got to be a tough type of block. Yeah, kids hear and see things, coaches hear and see things, Twitter's, you know, you got a lot of Twitter coaches and, and I, I just think in general, you, you know, you got to stay away from that because it can get... Uh, it can be poison in success, and it can be poison in a difficult stretch. We, we know that, right? I mean, it's, with social media been going around for like 10, like we know that. It's poison. You can't listen to it. It's hard, though. Kids hear those things. Uh, they, he cares ultimately, ultimately about Ohio State winning. So it's when he's not making shots and making open ones, kid that cares that much, um, in some ways it'd probably be easier if he didn't care as much. He just kind of cut loose and... And, and to, to some degree, he does. But I, I just think he's got he's to ignore that. He's got to stay focused on getting better. And uh, he's got a lot of fans, and I believe this, that watched the game today and were thrilled for Justin Arns because that's, that's what I believe is out there in Buckeye Nation. I'm sure he's had people that have been frustrated with him like they are with me, but I know he had a lot of fans who looked at that and said, we're happy for that kid because we know he struggled. And those attributes that you talk about with him, are those things you see when you're recruiting a kid? 
but could you see some of this stuff in Justin, some of the mental toughness and some of the things that it has taken him to get to this point in his career, or does that develop over? No, I think we started to see it early in his career, but honestly, we, it was a pretty quick recruitment. You know, yeah. we had just gotten here, and I didn't get to know him. We did a home visit with he and his family. I didn't get to know I didn't. I didn't get to know him for like a year and a half or two year process, like like I do with the kids now. So I didn't honestly. So uh, you talk about in the Big Ten how important physicality is, and I'm curious, especially it seemed like you guys were focused on pounding down low with Zed, especially early on, kind of setting the tone there. How important is that, like in terms to kind of set momentum, set confidence, and kind of build your offense based on the consistency from Zed there in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big part of what we do offensively is um, uh, is playing through the paint with a number of guys. I think it's a big part of what we do and that we play off of that. And sometimes when teams take that away, we have to um, we have to adjust and, and, and try to impact in different ways offensively. That's a big part of what we do. Is it, I mean, does it provide a little bit more life? Because it seems like there's some points where you guys start games and you said, you know, get a little bit too three happy or, or trying to find open looks. I mean, does it provide a different level of confidence when you see that level of consistency in the paint to kind of open up shots? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to ask them. I just think it's it's our identity. So when we can be that, um, it fits who we are. It fits the strengths of our team. But we're also going to shoot, shoot a lot of threes. I thought EJ made some tremendous reads in the high-low situation today that, uh, that opened up some clean looks. Um, Five assists again, no turnovers. Happy for him with that. He's, he's really done a good job passing, but just who we are. This is not to say he wasn't getting them up in other games because he has, but they went down today. It just felt like after he hit two or three of them, he was really just letting them fly regardless of if they were going in. Justin? Yeah, Justin, even like the air ball. It's like, yeah. Did you guys kind of sense that on the bench watching him shoot it today in comparison to other games where he wasn't necessarily in his head after he missed a couple? Yeah, we did. Um, I think it was a relief to him because he knew they were – Big shots and shots we needed. Um, he also had, had been really shooting well the last couple of days in practice. So uh, you kind of knew this was going to come at some point. And I think probably he just seeing it go down for him in practice and early was important for him. Is that a thing where I doubt he shoots terrible every day in practice, but when it's not necessarily translating to the game, you see him get frustrated with stuff like that at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy when a guy's as prolific as he's been. He's one of the been one of the best shooters we've had for consistently for four years. He's never had, had a stretch like this. So I think he got really frustrated. But again, he's too good a shooter to shoot like this the rest of the year. He's got to stay a threat. And, and honestly, you guys know this. There's going to be some teams in our league that are just not going to let him ever get an open look. So he still has to find ways to impact the game. Like, that's going to happen. It happened last year in the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, against... Uh, Purdue didn't let him get many clean looks. Michigan, we won those games. Like some teams, just completely take him out, and um, other guys have to step up when that happens. Chris, I don't know if you noticed it as you're coaching, but the bench each time he made one really, really celebrated. Oh yeah, Justin. Um, they love him. Yeah, just I mean, it seems like they felt what he was feeling to some degree. How, how did how do you kind of sense that with your team when maybe not him, but other guys are struggling, and, and the team kind of picks picks you up. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, I mean, they, they love them. They they felt it there, too. I think we were all coaches, players, just really excited for them, you know. Um, but, again, it's not to say you won't have another game where he struggles, but I think more than anything, just really excited for him. Uh, he's an easy kid to root for. 
you know. We got a lot of guys that are easy to root for. He's he's an easy guy to root for. Chris, uh, when you guys were recruiting EJ, I'm sure you saw a lot of things about him that were very promising. What did you project for him in terms of his playmaking ability? You sort of referenced there earlier, his ability to make those reads at the top of the key. Um, he didn't have to do it a ton. He was the biggest guy, kind of played at the rim a lot, blocked so many shots because of how quick of a jumper he is and his timing. Um, his coach did a phenomenal job, but it just they, they played small, or like four smalls around him. Um, so didn't see that a ton. A, you didn't see it a ton either, Bill. Um, he kind of played, you know, long post in AAU and would turn and face some, good rebounder. Um, what we've seen here late is um, him grow in that area. I, I want him to get a rebound and push. We This year we've said, hey, you get a defensive rebound, you push it. You push it, make the right. Now, sometimes he's turned it over on that, but more times than not, he's gotten something good out of it. Um, it's important for him. I think we play a little faster that way, but also it, it helps him grow and develop. It's part of a, a part of his game that I think allows him to showcase maybe a little bit of a bigger part of his game. It's not, it's not going to – I mean, I think it's a small part. What the NBA people have said they want to see from him, they, didn't, they never have said we want to see him be a bust-out guy. And, but I think it helps. It makes him – uh, you know, it can't hurt with having five assists and no turnovers. And he's, I think, second on our team in, in assists this year. And when, when you guys have sort of played so infrequently and have had, had these disruptions, how do you balance wanting to make sure you're you're getting them, I don't know, as close to game reps as possible in practice yeah. with also knowing you're about to play 11 games in four weeks? And like fresh? i got to figure that out, honestly. I mean, I, I, we, we practice really hard these last two days, really hard. Um, I was hard on him two days ago, um, uh, and part of that was just probably, you know, I was ready for a game. Um, so we we um, we went really hard these last couple of days because I, I you know I'm concerned about these consistent you know layoffs that we've had, and we can get out of shape. Just our body types in general can get out of shape pretty quickly. Um, so I think. Um, the challenge now is uh, getting better in practice and staying fresh for a stretch that, you know, I've, unlike anything I've been a part of. Um, and I think that's what we've got to come our cue, myself, our staff, our training staff, our medical staff has to come kind of come up with a plan. Right, we'll finish up with Spence back here in the back. Chris, it's not a, a secret that this, this gym isn't the, uh, the loudest gym in the country. <laughs> But you guys, <laughs> so. you guys have managed to go 10 minutes apart home this year. Um, I know that built into that is kind of the, the IUP wise, but also you had Wisconsin in here, you had been here. What does it mean for your career to be 10 and 0 right now in this building? Yeah, by the way, Towson, I think, is top 85 in the net. So that win there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that win there uh, looks looks pretty pretty good right now. Um, your first part of your question so just got me thinking. Well, I, I forget the last part of your question. I'm sorry. What, just what does it mean to be 10-0? Yeah, it feels good. It feels really good. And, and I, I, I do think that our guys were anxious to get – our students have been phenomenal, you know. Uh, I think, you know, student tickets sold out for the first time, you know, and they sold out, sold out in like an hour for the first time in like, what was it? I don't know how many years it was. Um, our students have been consistent and been phenomenal. I thought we had, you know, it's a big arena as we all know, but I thought we had um, good 
uh, good energy. I'm, I'm anxious for it to continue to grow as we get more more conference games coming up here. Uh, but to be 10 and 0, uh, one I, I I really appreciate fans coming out today in a in a cold winter winter day. Um, They've been phenomenal for us. Our students, our fans have been really good, and I hope it continues to grow because it feels good to be 10-0. And uh, You don't want to say that because you're not guaranteed anything at home, but to to start off to be at this point and be uh, be undefeated has, has been great. Have you felt that every year that you've been here in the building? I mean, yeah, like I, I have. Said, it's not, not a big secret. Like, when you got here, it wasn't – what it is right now, even. And yeah. I'm sure that you want it to go up another level. Yes. But are you, are you feeling that as, as you walk in here? I, I am. I, I have felt it, and we have to keep um, – we, we got to keep growing it. But I have felt it grow every year, and in particularly, you know, the, these last two non-COVID years, it's grown. Um, and, you know, we want to we continue to bring in attractive opponents, too, because that, that always helps. But uh, um, I have felt it grow. It's hugely important – when you have an arena this size, to you know, to to to, to keep it energized. Um, so again, I think we begin with our students and kind of build from there. I think our we have a very likable team. Um, that helps when you got guys that are relatable and likable. Um, uh, I'm sure that helps, and and hopefully we can continue to uh, have a level of success where people want to come out. That's our job. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you.